No, we're going. Hey. We're back. Yeah. And we're back. <laughs> Sorry about that, folks. We had some technical difficulties with our audio recording software, which is actually called BUTT, B-U-T-T, <laughs> which is apparently an acronym that I don't have security-grade clearance to, to know what it stands for. You, you really need to work for NASA to get that acronym. Yeah. Yeah, but we are back now. Why don't you put that on Facebook and Twitter that we're back. Um, so we're going to cover a bunch of stuff, hopefully, if we stay on the air. If we can run fast enough. If we can go fast enough, outrun our shadows. Mm-hmm. First story, well, let me do a little reset here. Follow us online, thedayinsports.com, on Twitter, at T-D-I-S underscore humblebrag, Pinterest, Instagram, other stuff like that. I'm Adam Hawking, Ben Sherman, not saying stuff right now, checking his phone. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm just waiting for you to roll on through. You're like a rock coming downhill, just cleaning up all the all the scraps. Just tying up the loose ends. Yeah, that's that's you're the loose end tire upper. Okay, what's a lot of loose what's ends. What's the Harvey Keitel character in Pulp Fiction? The wolf. The wolf. Yeah, I'm the wolf. You like the wolf? I'm the wolf of Butt Radio. You clean up the messes that Butt ra- Radio leaves behind. <laughs> Colin Kaepernick, Ben. Yeah. Okay, just full, always my favorite. Full disclosure: I'm a 49er fan, so I come at this with a little bit of a biased angle. Um, Basic story is he's alleged to have committed some sort of sexual assault. The story was first on TMZ. It was a bizarre story in that it said uh, a girl came over. He was hanging out with, I believe, Quentin Patton, who was a rookie last year for the Niners, mm-hmm. and maybe Ricardo Lockett for the Seahawks. Yep. I'm not sure that's the right name. A Seahawk player. Anytime you're hanging out with a guy named Ricardo, you need to check yourself, I think. Before you wreck yourself. Yeah. Um, and the story goes that they were drinking, the girl came in and like maybe filled up a bong, and then she went and passed out in the bedroom, and allegedly Colin came in after her, kissed her a little bit. That, mm. that was the weird part, is it's that awesome. he just like kissed her on the cheek. Well, I made that part up. But he kissed her, yeah. left the room, the other two came in and found her, and then I, I guess either booted her and she ended up in the hospital. Um, so like booted her out of the house, said, what are you doing here? Right. Uh, and, so, and, okay. So the big thing is here, I guess I don't really understand, like, is that where it ends? Well, I don't know. Like, here's the angle that I wanted to look at it. So these are always tough stories because obviously you want to defend the woman first. You've got the football player who's kind of an all-powerful type that traditionally maybe they can get away with stuff that they shouldn't, but also he's a target. And there are groups of women out there that follow football players or basketball players around for the express purpose of trying to either just sleep with them, maybe extort money, take advantage of a situation. So you're 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 run of the mill groupie for the most part. Yeah, exactly. And so it's kind of hard to legislate between who do you give the benefit of the doubt to, the the football player or the woman. So I don't know. I think that's one of the hard parts of the of the case. Yeah, I, what I've found, I guess, in past experiences or just watching this stuff play out. It really comes down to, like, concrete physical evidence um, because outside of that, it's all he said, she said. And am I being – maybe I'm being overzealous or insensitive here, but, like, if he just went in and kissed her, I don't know. How are they gonna, Yeah. I, I, I don't know what you're going to be able to cling to with that. Is that the whole allegation? Like, she was inebriated and he kissed her? Yeah, I guess she was sort of, like, passed out, which is, I mean, a seedy thing to do. Um and again, obviously I'm biased, but if, if that's the extent of it, I don't really know where this story goes. Yeah. I thought it was interesting Sports Center um, Beat it to death like they do everything else? Huh? Well, <laughs> one of the things they did was they showed, when they were reporting the story, they showed a headshot of Colin, 
And rather than using the typical headshot of like his him, one, his one of him wearing a dolphin's hat of like him in a suit or his football player, you know, headshot that they would normally use for yeah. a story, they showed him with a tilted hat and headphones slung around his neck, mm. like totally unprofessional photograph to use. Yeah, and like people called them on it, and they later like changed it back to his football player headshot. But I just thought, you know. Sports Center has a big role to play, and like for these guys, public perception is just as almost as important as what would happen in the court of law. Yeah. And when Sports Center is up there saying he's accused of sexual assault, and then they throw that picture up, <laughs> which has lots of connotations yeah. to it, right or wrong, of a guy with a sideways hat and headphones on. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like you're painting the picture for the audience. Yeah. And you're kind of influencing them, you know, does, you're not allowing them to make up their mind. He does present himself like that more often than not in public, to be fair. I'm excited that you said that, because I've got to counter that. You do? Yeah. I, 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 you know, people want to paint him as a punk, or, or maybe I like... Have no, I mean, to be honest with you, I have no problem with the way he dresses. I mean, it's, it's totally up to him. But I think you're right that there's a perception that maybe he's a punk, or he's not the brightest bulb. Yeah. And... I did. I'm going to drop some Wonderlick stats on you. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, Wonderlick. If you don't know, is the intelligence test that's not supposed to be public uh, that they give rookies coming into yeah. the NFL, but inevitably leaks every year. It's also an adult lubricant. Also an adult. That's yeah. That's exactly what it is. Um, and so entering the league, these guys take it. It's like a I don't know 15 minute test. And you get scored yeah. out of 30. Mm-hmm. Now the highest score for a, a quarterback in the last three years was that of Andrew Luck. Got mm-hmm. a 37 out of 50. Holy cow. Colin Kaepernick tied that score. Wow. 37 out of 50. So I think there's a misperception. He's not great with the media. No. He's kind of a one-word answer guy. Yeah. And he does give off an image that maybe he doesn't care or maybe he's just a little bit aloof. Yeah. But I think the perception of him of a dumb guy is wrong. No, I don't think he's stupid at all. I, I mean, no more stupid than any other 20-something you know, person of that age that maybe spends a little bit too much time uh, with other people of their own age. I mean, when I, mean, when I was that age, to be fair, I mean, when I was that age, I, I was probably a, a not quite ready for the spotlight. Idiot. Yeah. <laughs> probably not. And I just thought the thing with SportsCenter, it's like, especially if, let's say, just take it to the nth degree, this thing were to go to a trial mm-hmm. of his peers and the main source of sports news is out there portraying this guy, uh, you know, with that type of image. I just think, you know, it's sensationalism. It's yes, that's. Um, thank you. Yeah. I don't know words good. Yeah. It's sensationalism at its worst. Yeah. Sports Center doesn't need to be doing that type of thing. They just beat those drums, you know. As soon as they've got anything that's got those buzzwords in it, uh, a big name and some kind of allegation, you know, they just beat it to death. And for Colin, it hurts his earning potential. It hurts his branding. Mm-hmm. He's up for a new contract extension soon. It hurts that. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying that's all SportsCenter's fault. He was definitely in the wrong place, uh, the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. And you know, on the other side of this, even if he's not guilty of any crime, it does sound like he was sitting around in the middle of the day drinking and smoking weed with some less than reputable characters. We've all been there. Well, yeah. Shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, not all of us are the CEO of yeah. a franchise We're or a making quarter millions of or, dollars, yeah. Or, you know, supposed to have our bodies be temples and <laughs> top prime athletes. Yeah. I, you know, I, I bet you we would be shocked to find out how many of those guys' bodies really are temples. And I use air quotes when I say that. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure half of those guys, I was listening to, to uh, former Vikings linebacker uh, Ben Lieber was on the radio. Yeah. 
And he was talking about... He's good. I like him. Yeah, he's not bad. And he was talking about how shocked people would be to see uh, the kinds of meals they would eat, like, the day before a game or, like, the couple days leading into a game. It's just, like, a disgusting amount of calories and pretty much just shoving garbage in your face for a good day and a half. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, man, it's an interesting story. There's a lot of sides to it. I just feel like... Sports center dropped the ball. Colin kind of dropped the ball, and we don't know how it's going to shake out. But yeah. it's—I just these are always sticky stories because as soon as something happens in the court of public opinion, you're like guilty right away, especially with the perception that people have of Colin already. So I feel obligated as a 49er fan, but also as just a concerned sports appreciator yeah. to point out that he's not a dumb guy. It's just that he's got some perception issues yeah and you know like any other younger person maybe doesn't make the best decisions um i don't know that these allegations if that were to be the case that that would be something really worth you know making a huge legal battle over really i mean i don't know if you can finesse some money out of a professional court that that's what (sighs) concerns me is what what is she potentially after but at the same time, you have to protect her. So, right. like yeah. I said, sticky. You are listening to The Day in Sports on WBAD Sports Radio. I think we're on air now after yeah. a little a momentary gaffe. Uh, remember to visit thedayinsports.com for our daily columns, videos, podcasts, other funny stuff. And follow us on Twitter at TDIS underscore Humblebrag. Like our Facebook page. Just search The Day in Sports and find us on iTunes as well. And feel free to stuff cash in envelopes and mail it to us. Yeah. Unmarked bills, please. Yes, please. Uh, fan question section. Are you ba, ready? Ba, 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 ba. That's the official. I made that music. up. Do you like that it? was on the fly. It was well good. done. Okay. Uh, this is the Seth Miller question section. So I hope Seth is listening because he sent us like twenty questions, maybe. Just like the game. Yeah. Hey, I didn't even think of that. Where of which I selected a few choice questions. The prime cuts, so to speak. The filet mignon of Seth Miller questions. Yeah, threw them on ice and packed them on over here. Ben Sherman, first question. I'm ready. Will there ever be a cap in Major League Baseball? Good question, I think. I think, it, I think there has to be at some point with inflation and the way this industry, I mean, all of these industries, I guess, professional sports in general are moving. I just don't see this, like, these ludicrous... Um, salaries being good for the league in the long run. I mean, eventually you're just spending too much money on one guy. I also think we've seen in other sports, uh, you know, the NBA has a, a luxury tax threshold, so you can exceed the cap to a certain point, but you get penalized for yeah. it. Uh, the NFL has a hard cap, and it's the most popular professional sports league in America, so yeah. maybe that should show you something. You see worse to first more often there than anywhere else. And I think, you know, eventually you're going to see people growing sick of the Yankees and the Angels and the Dodgers. I mean, people are already sick of that. And the middle of the country wants their Pittsburghs, their the Milwaukee's, the Minnesotas, teams like that to be able to compete. Yeah. And I think just in general in society and sports, we're always trending towards a more equanimous, is that a word? I don't know. Equal uh, approach to things. And I think a, a hard salary cap or some kind of salary cap. Egalitarian. Egalitarian yeah. uh, approach. And I, I, I think there will be a cap... In baseball, eventually, although we've seen that the legislative bodies, the the powers that be in Major League Baseball tend to move at a semi-glacial pace. Yeah, snails. They're probably just literally a boardroom full of snails. (laughs) Um, 
I it's just I just don't see there being any way. Eventually, it'll be what's best for the league and uh, whoever the commissioner is at that point. Hopefully, the current commissioner can look at that and realize that you know it's in the best interest of the body as a whole. Next, Seth Miller question. Are you ready? Will an SEC team win the NCAA football title this coming year? That's a weird question. Okay, well, here's how I approached it. I looked at the uh, preseason top 10, way too early top 10 ESPN rankings going into next year. But always accurate. Always right on the money. Auburn and Alabama were in the top five. Mm-hmm. UCLA, Ben Sherman, was number seven. You're uh, my, my dark horse. My dark horse pick. Um, so you've got Auburn sitting there. You've got Alabama also in the top five. Of course, Alabama had the number one recruiting class like they always do. Mm-hmm. But they lose some significant talent, uh, and maybe not their most talented player, but most importantly, A.J. AJ McCarron is not going to be the starter there anymore. So it'll be an era of transition for Alabama. Uh, Auburn will have Nick Marshall back, their dual-threat quarterback, but they won't have Trey Mason. So, you know, a lot of talent on both those teams. I guess I would be inclined to say Florida State is the favorite because they they return the Heisman Trophy winner who happens to be a quarterback who happens to be probably the presumptive number one pick in the NFL draft whenever he comes out. And a national champion. If we're going to do it, then we're going to do it big. We're going to do it so big. Um, So I would say no. I mean... It's like throwing darts at a board. You're yeah. probably going to land on SEC more often than not. But Florida State is an unusually strong uh, candidate, I would say. I agree. I, I also think, I don't know, I guess the SEC has a better shot probably just as a conference than anybody else, obviously. Uh, I don't see the Big Ten uh, hitting a national championship in football in the next five years here, even though Urban Meyer is building um, – an impressive program down there in Columbus. Yeah, that's the interesting thing is it feels like Ohio State is kind of like an SEC team yeah. light, but that's more than good enough to dominate the Big Ten. Yeah. So it seems like Ohio State's going to get to the title game every year. And uh, then get destroyed. And then get destroyed, but it may provide them you know, two, three cracks at it, and maybe they get lucky. So yeah. maybe the Big Ten sneaks in and gets a championship here or there. Um, but in terms of next year, it, it's hard to say. Mm-hmm. I, I would say Florida State. I, you know... I think Florida State should be the the favorite going in, but I also think that the SEC has a better shot as a conference than any other conference as a whole. I mean, it's just it's talented top to bottom, baby. We're gonna take a break. We're gonna pay some bills here, mm-hmm. uh, as we always do. Snap some necks and cash some checks. That was well done. When we come back, we're going to take more of your fan questions. You can send us questions on Twitter right now if you want, at TDIS underscore HumbleBrag. Give out some NBA awards, some NHL awards. This is WBAD Sports Radio, the day in sports. We'll be right back. Holla. You are listening to the Capital City's best sports talk, WBAD Sports, Washington, D.C. I'm about to snap into one of these beef sticks. Are you kidding, dude? That stuff's filled with like MSG and corn syrup and artificial flavors and colors. Even has malodextrin. Wow, malodextrin? Man, that doesn't sound too good. Here, man, why don't you try some red truck beef jerky instead? Wow, dude, that's got beef. Red truck beef jerky. (laughs) Got beef. Survivors of disasters, urgently need your help. 
of the Democrats and the Republicans. Well, guess what? So are we. And that's why we created the Bear Man Group. Join Chris Novembrino, Rob DeWall, and myself, the Bear Man, for an honest two-hour discussion of the week that was every Sunday at noon Eastern on WBAD.net, Washington, D.C. Then sign up now for Red Truck Event Center's 2014 Hillbilly Games. You will compete in eight Olympic-style events to see who will be crowned Hillbilly of the Year. Get full details at RedTruckEventCenter.com. The Red Truck Event Center is located at 3307 Coles Creek Road, Rocka Mount, Virginia, and is the premier outdoor event center. You can contact them at 443-758-0645. WBAD syndicates some of the best talk radio and sports shows from around the country. Listen at WBAD.net. And remember to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. WBAD is part of the Bad Tomato Radio Network. Don't you hate when most energy drinks start you off like this? But then... Over the course of time, their effects start lessening, and you end up worse than when you started. But that won't happen with a Bully Bling Energy Drink. Bully Bling Energy Drink not only keeps you awake and alert for hours, it also tastes great, too. Bully Bling Energy Drink. All of the, and none of the. You can find us at BullyBlingEnergy.com. and Ben Sherman kicking it. Kicking it. Kick, kick, kicking it. On WBAD Sports Radio, this is the day in sports. We are back in this, in the right in the meaty heart of the plate of the Seth Miller, who is one of our fans, question section. The vortex. He's going to get more Twitter followers than we have. Yeah. Just by virtue of that. I don't know where to follow Seth Miller. There's going to be a real uh, TV movie made out of this called Seth's Meaty Underbelly. <laughs> question for you, Ben. This is right down your... Uh, Right in your sweet spot. Right in my pie hole. Is hockey overrated? No. What kind of question is that? I, I, I don't know. You, depending on who you ask, I guess there are people that would say yes. They're probably not hockey fans. Um, but I don't think so. I think it's probably, in my opinion, um, that and baseball are my two favorite sports to watch live and in person. 
It's great. I'm glad you said that. I, my thought was it would be hard for it to be overrated since, in terms of, I think, television ratings, it's the fourth most popular major sport. Yeah. So, also the coolest. But I, I would say in person, incredibly underrated. Yeah. More fun to watch than probably a football game because in person the, the, the pauses in a football game would just kill you. Yeah. In an NBA game in person, the lethargy will just kill you. Mm-hmm. And in baseball, the amount of beers that you drink... Makes you throw up on people. Makes you throw up and then get thrown out of Brewers uh, Miller Park. Yeah. So, I mean, that wasn't my fault at all. But I would say hockey is underrated. I think so, too. I think um, it's similar to, as far as like a spectator sport goes, kind of reminds me of soccer. It's, it's kind of like a, a low hum of constant action with uh, big crescendos in, Ooh, crescendo. in, uh, in scoring and such. Will the Pirates make the postseason two years in a row? I think so. I think they've got a talented young team. Uh, Starling Marte, uh, Andrew McCutcheon, guys like that um, are, are kind of anchoring that lineup. They're hitting the ball well. They, they pitch pretty well. Francisco Liriano's had a resurgence there. Um, I think they're good enough. I mean, unless the Brewers continue this tear, then who knows? I mean, it'd be tough for them, I think, with uh, Milwaukee playing this way over the course of the entire regular season to uh, top that. As a Brewers fan, let me just put my two cents in and say that this is probably not going to keep happening for Milwaukee. <laughs> <laughs> We're probably bound for a downfall. But I would say the Cardinals are tough. Mm-hmm. The Brewers are at least better. I yeah. you know, they're not going to stay on this pace. They're winning, what, 70% of their games yeah. right now. They'll probably drop to about 10. Yeah. Um, but I would say, I, I, my, if I gun to my head, I would say no for the Pirates just mm-hmm. because there's so much competition. Mm-hmm. Teams in their division are better. And it kind of goes back to the salary cap question the Pirates just can't pay for a bat by mortgaging a bunch of prospects at the trade deadline right. or whatever like that. So, one thing in their they, favor, they, they have less margin for error than than the bigger clubs. So I would say no, not that they're not a talented team, and yeah. I think they'll have a good season. Mm-hmm. I just my guess is no. I think one thing in their favor is a kind of a less than impressive NL uh, lineup across the board. I mean, they ha- they'll probably have a shot at a wild card. Um, you know, it wouldn't be the first time you saw three teams from a single division make the playoffs. So you never know. I think they have a better shot maybe than other teams. Fairly, how's, how's fairly, that fairly for, stated. How's that for vague? Probably maybe could, could make it. They um, might maybe make it or not. Well said. Kind of a cliffhanger there. Mm. Do they need to do a better job seeding teams in March Madness? That's a tough question. I mean, I don't feel like... There's so many teams, and there's so many factors to consider. And I mean, you've you've got teams that have never seen each other over the course of the regular season. Um, I feel like I'm out of my depth enough that I need to just trust the experts that spend hours and hours and days and weeks and months doing this stuff. Well, and there's the like it's, it's kind of like a perfect though. It, no, well, it's like a chicken and egg argument for me because you've got like the bracketologist like Joe Lenardi who gets like either every team right in the field or maybe misses one team. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's because he's evaluating properly the teams that should be in or if he's just gotten really good at determining the the selection committee's process of determining teams. So I don't know if if Lenardi and those guys are guessing the 68 most deserving teams or just who's going to get in. But I think they do a really good job. I think... You know, it's easy to say, looking at this year, Kentucky, an eight seed, UConn, a seven seed. Mm-hmm. But honestly, Kentucky and UConn didn't deserve to be four or five, you know, two or three seeds or whatever. Yeah. They they just got hot. Shaky seasons. Yeah, and Kentucky, you know, had the talent to make the run. UConn, obviously, is a blue blood program. Mm-hmm. So, 
but they underachieved during the year, and you can't just say, you know, I think they're talented enough to be a three seed. You have to go on resume. You know, I think they did mess up uh, not letting SMU into the tournament, but mm-hmm. I'm never one of those guys that gets up in arms really over, like, the 68th team in yeah, or, or whatever. Last team in, first team out. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't bother me too yeah. much because I'm really more – they're going to get the, the 20 best teams or yeah. whatever, and that's almost always where the champion's going to come. And it's mostly, I, th- I feel like those guys mostly focus on RPI as like the most important factor or statistic in each team's favor or disadvantage. Um, but, you know, for the most part, I think they get it right. They get it close enough to right. If you don't, if you don't go out of your way to prove your case far enough to make them select you, then that's your problem, I think. Next question on the Seth Miller question section. What are your top three fantasy running backs coming into this year? I'll go first. Yeah. Give you some some time (laughs) to think. Me, me, me. As always, Adrian Peterson. Mm -hmm. He's the best running back in the league. Regardless of what the Vikings do in the draft, they're either going to have Matt Castle or a rookie quarterback Mm -hmm. or Christian Ponder, which is even worse. So they're going to have to turn around and hand the ball to 28. 25, 30 times a game like they always do. 28 times. And it doesn't seem to matter how many people they put in the box. He's going to average like four and a half, five yards a carry. Mm-hmm. He's going to break 50-yard runs. He's going to get in the end zone. He's going to run for 1,500 yards. He's going to make corpses and drag them along with him. Yes, he is. That's what he does. Um, so I would put him one. Mm-hmm. I guess number two I would put Jamal Charles. Mm-hmm. Uh, just by virtue of the offense he plays in, I think Andy Reid designs a really good offense for him in terms of using him out of the backfield. Um, although Kansas City did lose like three starting offensive linemen, they've got Alex Smith, so they have to run the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're not devoid of weapons with Dwayne Bow on the outside, so I think there's enough there that Jamal Charles isn't kind of doing it by himself. My last pick, Eddie Lacy. Ooh, a sneaky pick. A sneaky pick, but I think you saw the element that he gives the Packers, yeah. kind of the power running game, complementing what is maybe the best or second best passing game. Uh, probably along with Denver. He brings the thunder. And the other thing is, in terms of fantasy, Aaron Rodgers is going to get you in the red zone. He's going to get you opportunities for touchdowns. I think Lacey had 10 or 11 touchdowns last year as Mm -hmm. a rookie. I would figure that number would stay the same or go up. He'll have a little bit better feel for things. Um, So I'll go with Eddie Lacey as my third. I like that. Um, I think Eddie Lacey is a great – I mean, he did very well for my fantasy team last season. I have zero complaints there. Sneaky pick. Um, I'd have to put Adrian in the top spot. I mean, you just can't not. The guy's a monster. He has been for, you know, the last – since he basically came into the league, one of the top uh, fantasy running backs. Um, Scores a lot of touchdowns, has a lot of yards. He's Superman. He's better than any anyone else ever has been or ever will be. Yeah, um, he should be on the Iron Throne, probably. Yeah, instead of uh, Joffrey, but we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, number two, I'm going to go with Lashawn McCoy. I thought about Shady. Shady, I like Shady. Um, I think he is perfectly suited for the system in which he's playing right now. Uh, Chip Kelly's found really uh, his sweet spot with Lashawn McCoy. I feel like he's he's got him well lathered and, and working uh, right at his optimum level. Um, it's tough to beat them right now, and, and he ran the ball like a madman last year. You are listening to WBAD Sports Radio. This is The Day in Sports. Follow us online, thedayinsports.com, and on Twitter, at TDIS underscore Humblebrag. Next question. You know, I don't even get to t- say my third? Oh, I didn't, I didn't know you didn't do a third. I only did two. Okay, give me your third. All right, I'll give you my third. Uh, it's Jamal Charles. I'm done. <laughs> All right. How many steps do you get in basketball, as in traveling regulation? I thought you meant how many steps does it take to actually physically get into the arena. 
That I don't know. That could vary depending on your geography. Yeah. I said in college, two to two and a half. Mm-hmm. In the NBA, it depends on your last name. <laughs> I don't know. It's The whole traveling thing to me is so, like, uh, interpretive based on who's looking at it that it kind of just makes me want to throw up on people. Patrick Ewing used to routinely get the ball at the three-point line and just charge without a dribble. Just fly. Just run. Patrick Ewing, just run over people. That's perfect. And then miss clutch layups. Uh, Why don't baseball players have mustaches anymore? It's actually a congenital birth defect now. Mm -hmm. Um, The fertilizer that they use on most American Little League baseball fields prevents men from growing hair on their upper lips. Yeah. That is a fact. That's a fact. Why do fantasy experts give such bad advice? (laughs) <laughs> I'll field this one yeah, first. You go ahead. I think because it's a hard job, yeah. not in the sense of anyone would complain about being like a fantasy guru. I think everyone wants Matthew Barry's job, but just in terms of football's really unpredictable. You've got player movements, and like if a player goes to it, like you know LeBron's going to succeed in Miami when he goes there from Cleveland. Mm-hmm. It's not like he has to adjust to a new scheme or whatever. I mean, he does, but it's not the same type of thing. Yeah. Whereas, like, let's say Mike Wallace going from Pittsburgh to Miami. That's a total question mark if he's yeah. going to still be a number one receiver just because it's, it's different in the NFL. Um, it's a real sport. Yeah, yeah, it's a real sport. Injuries happen, players decline unexpectedly, especially at the running back position. So cut your local fantasy experts a break. Yeah, I think, I mean, there's a lot of heavy lifting involved, you know, those uh, hours and hours of tape that those guys watch and, and all that stuff. You know, carrying that stuff up and down the stairs is hard. So I'd say, you know, that job's pretty difficult. Next question from my mother. Karen Hawking question section. Curveball. Just one question. Your pick for the French Open. Mine? Well, I'm obviously going to go with Rafa Nadal. Come on. I think he's healthy. As long as he's healthy, they're going to have to drag him kicking and screaming away from Roland Garros. Mm -hmm. If he's there and his knees hold up, he wins. He's my favorite tennis player, so I hate you for stealing that answer from me. You can do it, Um, too. I don't want to. It's too conformist. It's not like at a restaurant where you can't order the same thing. Remember when I told you I hated uh, conformity? Remember that time? Yeah. I think that was really... uh, That was illuminating. It's a pronounced part of our relationship. True. Um, I'm going to go with, just as a little bit of a wild card, I I think the Joker is going to have a resurgence... Uh, at Roland Garros. I think uh, he's about due for a, a pretty hot tournament. Um, he's been sputtering a little bit, but he's going to kick it into full gear. Nadal, one of our, maybe my favorite. I like Federer and I love Nadal. Yeah. Uh, Djokovic, one of my least favorite players. Yeah, I don't like him very much, but he's a very, very good tennis player. He's excellent. Kind of, I think he's got six or seven grand slams now. He's kind of eked his way into that Nadal, yeah. Federer historical hierarchy. Very pointy. He's very pointy. All right. We've got one more fan question, and it's going to transition us seamlessly into our next topic. Which is in the fourth dimension. We're never good at transition, so this is perfect. <laughs> I planned this. From Daniel Lee Moss. Thank you, Daniel, for the question. Who wins the East in the NBA? Do the Heat go back to the finals? Do the Pacers break through or someone else like the Nets make a run? Love that question. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the East hinges, and we've been talking about this podcast after show after podcast after show, it kind of hinges on how much Dwayne Wade can play. Yeah. Uh, how healthy is he going to be? So I think if Dwayne Wade is giving you 20 points a game, five rebounds, five assists, 30 minutes, mm-hmm. I think the Heat probably go back to the finals. Although now they're locked into the two seed, which means the Pacers will have home court when they almost inevitably meet. Yeah. Um, although seemingly maybe it's a little less inevitable now. 
Uh, maybe the Heat meet the Bulls in round two, mm-hmm. and though the Bulls aren't an overly talented team, they're one of those teams that just kind of grinds you mm-hmm. defensively. Yeah, They've got Joe Kim Noah that's probably going to win Defensive Player of the Year. Jimmy Butler's a good wing defender. Uh, they're deep at the forward position. They can rebound. So I, I guess question to you, Ben Sherman, if Dwayne Wade isn't healthy or perfectly healthy, because you know we had said previously you could rest him until the conference finals. Yeah, If you don't have a... An, a a or at least a B plus Dwayne Wade, will the Heat get past even the Bulls? I think so. I think they're good enough to get past the Bulls. I mean, the East, you know, we watched at the beginning of the season how really maligned the entire Eastern Conference was. Um, but I think one thing that I would be dangerous for Miami at this point is having Dwayne Wade put in too much time in that first playoff series and kind of tax his body right out of the gate. And then when you really need him down the stretch, when you get to that series in, you know, Indiana, he might not be ready to go for every single game or he's going to be old man Dwayne Wade in his wheelchair uh, hobbling around out there. Well, I think, you know, for the first, I think they're slated to play the Bobcats in the first round. I mean, I don't think Dwayne Wade even has to get on the plane. No. Uh, I don't think he has to show up in the arena. I mean, I think they could honestly sit him and win that series in four or five games. They can, they can just leave him in his hyperbaric chamber. Yeah, get some extra oxygen. I think that that's maybe what they... I don't think they will do that. That's kind of what I would lean towards because they've played... Uh, uh, Dwayne Wade only played 51 games this year mm-hmm. out of 82. Uh, he just missed nine games recently. Some of that was they just decided not to play him on back-to-backs. But yeah. you just don't need him to beat the Bobcats. And then if he can have, let's say two weeks off before you have to play the Bulls, I think that would be huge for him. It's really interesting to see how much rest he gets compared to even other, you know, veteran or older players in the NBA. And Dwayne Wade's not that old. No, he's 32. And if you look at what they did to Kobe Bryant, I mean, that, this is a lot on Mike D'Antoni, but yeah. he was in, what, his 17th year last year? And they mm-hmm. ran him into the ground. Yeah. He was playing 38 minutes a night every night. I mean, that's probably why his Achilles popped, yeah. just from repetitive strain and Part of that is Kobe just refuses to take a day off. Yeah, but and then, yeah, he's just as I think he wants to play that that much as much as they want to play him that much. So do you think Dwayne Wade is just kind of like a willing patient? Like, yeah, all right, I'll kick back. Yeah, I, I well, I hope so. Otherwise, uh, if this is purely out of uh, physical necessity, they're in real trouble. My next sort of question, Heat-esque question, your favorite team, the Miami Heat. My bet. very favorite team. Chris Bosh is only averaging 16 points per game, and he's... Mm-hmm really their second-best player now because of Wade's decline and his inavailability. Yes. Their next leading scorer after the big three is Mario Chalmers at just over nine points per game. Mm -hmm. So how much is this team now kind of LeBron James against the world, kind of reminiscent of Cleveland? It isn't quite to that extent. It's not that bad, but that would be hard. Chris Chris Bosh's decline has been interesting. It's been kind of a slow instead. And then he just shows up every once in a while, which is strange. He just shoots jumpers. They never put him in the post anymore. Yeah, and you know, um, that's a strange thing to me. Also, Chris Bosh, one of the few humans that has dinosaur DNA. True. Weird. Um, But I don't think it's as big of a a him against the world. He's got, and Mario Chalmers is very underrated, I think, Um, an Alaska product, Mario Chalmers, out of Anchorage. I, I like him as a player. It just worries me that, you know, let's let's say Wade is not playing for a game. You're in the mm-hmm. playoffs, and one of Bosch or James has an off night. Your your number two guy becomes Mario Chalmers. Yeah. That, that makes me nervous. Oh, yeah, I could see that. Um, I like Mario Chalmers. He has, like, a nice, uh, nice round four. 
complimentary piece. A nice, uh, nice, very complimentary piece. Um, but I still think LeBron's talented enough in in the first uh, round of the playoffs to get it done. Um, but it's really going to come down to Dwayne Wade in, in that uh, final series in the East. And I think whether or not the Heat get through the playoffs this year, last year it was a grind. I think yeah. this year it's going to be even more of a grind. Mm-hmm. Maybe they see San Antonio again. They're almost definitely going to see the Pacers uh, in the East Finals. I think LeBron almost has to be looking at this roster and saying Dwayne Wade's probably going to opt into a max-level contract. So is Chris Bosh mm-hmm. because uh, you know Wade's 32, going to be 33 with age. Uh, with injury issues, mm-hmm. he needs he needs to guarantee that money, and he's yeah. not going to probably get it on the open market. Chris Bosh is a really good player, but he's approaching thirty. His production hasn't been what it used to be, so he's probably going to opt in and keep a max level deal in Miami. Mm-hmm. Doesn't LeBron have to start looking around and saying, one, that's going to restrict what we can do financially yep. in terms of bringing in help? I need to opt out and test my options. I think he's got to do that. I mean, if he really wants to go somewhere where he's got a chance or be somewhere I should say where he's got a chance to win a championship in the near future um if Miami doesn't do it this season they are in a very perilous situation um and like you said Chris Bosh and and Dwayne Wade sticking around they're not going to get the kind of money um that they'll see in Miami anywhere else on the open market so are you ready for Adam theory time another sound effect Carmelo Anthony missed the playoffs for the first time ever this year. Mm -hmm. LeBron's teammates, like we have said, are aging and somewhat underwhelming. Carmelo has never won a ring, so he's not really a threat to LeBron's legacy. Should they team up, there'd be no question of who's the better player all Mm -hmm. time, who's the number one guy. Um, And while Melo has his faults, he's probably the league's second best scorer behind Kevin Durant. Mm -hmm. Uh, If he could play with LeBron, who can distribute, facilitate, cover the perimeter defense because Carmelo is not a great defender. Carmelo could just sit back there and do his 25 points or 30 points a night and just score Mm -hmm. and fill the role that he was always meant to fill as kind of a really good number two on a championship team. Um, He's not going to stay with the Knicks because they're super strapped from a salary standpoint and they're terrible. Um, And LeBron and Melo could combine for 60 points a night. I think that they may very well end up together on the same team. Uh, it's going to take a team with cap space. Yeah, Those teams, I did some research, yeah. are Philadelphia, Dallas, Utah, Phoenix, and the Lakers. Mm. Um, when you look at it, NBA guys are usually wanting to go to that uh, quote-unquote big market yeah. uh, in kind of a flashier place. Um, so I don't think it would be Utah. I don't think it would be Phoenix. But maybe Philly, Dallas, or Los Angeles could be in play there. I like Philly as a location. Um, they could bring that back, that, right? Yeah, bringing the bringing the 76ers back. That's a you know a storied franchise, and it's got some history. And um, there's an appreciation there for stars. Obviously, I think that that would be a great landing spot for both of them. Even though um, I'm not a huge LeBron fan. And just imagine now Philly is bad. So mm-hmm. they've got the number two overall pick. They've got the presumptive rookie of the year, or at least runner up, and Michael Carter Williams. Mm-hmm. So. If they could land somehow Mello and LeBron, they could have Michael Carter-Williams. Number two pick, say you get Jabari Parker, mm-hmm. Carmelo Anthony, LeBron James, and then last year's number six pick, uh, Nerlens Noel, sitting there coming off ACL injury. I really like Nerlens Noel. Tantalizing. Nerlens Noel is like the funniest, skinniest little Q-tip of a seven-footer you've ever seen. But that'd be one hell of a lineup, right? Yeah, it would be. It'd be amazing. Um, it would be like the, the perfect storm, a very, uh, very serendipitous confluence of events, if you will. We're going to take a short break. 
pay some more bills. Mm. When we come back, we're going to do some NBA awards and then some NHL post-mortem on the season, some awards there. Cut it open. Otherwise known as the Ben Sherman section. You are listening to WBAD Sports Radio. This is the day in sports. We'll be right back. Sports Talk Radio, WBAD Sports, Washington, D.C. This is the WBADD on the Bad Tomato Radio Network. One eight seven seven five for kids. K A R S five for kids. One eight seven seven five for kids. Donate your card today. One eight seven seven cards for kids. K A R S cards for kids. One. I don't know what that means, but you'll get a maximum tax deduction. What's more, you'll receive a free vacation voucher for three days and two nights. One eight seven seven calls for kids. K A R S calls for kids. One eight seven seven calls for kids. Don't need your call today. Everyone who fights does so differently. Advertise on WBAD, please send an email to sales at WBAD.net or call 703-951-3448. You asked for it, we're going to give it to you. All rock, all day, on TC's number one online radio station at WBAD, The Bad Tomato. Here's a great discovery for arthritis, muscle joint, and joint pain. It is Sweet Relief. Sweet Relief is a 100% all-natural cream. No chemicals, no drugs, no dyes. It is safe to use. Sweet Relief has three major benefits. It has a tropical scent, it moisturizes the skin without greasiness, and it reduces minor arthritis, muscle, and joint pain fast. Most feel relief in one to two minutes. Sweet Relief is nature's discovery to relieve pain. Go to www.sweetrelief.com to order. about to snap into one of these beef sticks. Are you kidding, dude? That stuff's filled with, like, MSG and corn syrup and artificial flavors and colors. It even has malodextrin. Wow, malodextrin? Man, that doesn't sound too good. Here, man, why don't you try some red truck beef jerky instead? Wow, dude, that's got beef. Red truck beef jerky. Got beef. This is the WBADDD on the Bats Mail Radio Network. <laughs> 
Welcome back to the show, The Day in Sports. I have trouble not saying The Day in Sports podcast because we used to only be in podcast version. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we are now on WBAD Sports Radio, which we were very excited about. So excited. I'm physically bursting with excitement. That's alarming. <laughs> Make sure to, to check us out online, thedayinsports.com, and on Twitter, where we tweet hilarious jokes. Mm-hmm. It's all one-liners. All just pickup lines, at mm-hmm. TDIS underscore humblebrag. Real quickly, Ben. Yes. Or maybe Longley. Luke so, Longley. Who, whoever knows. No one knows. We're going to do some uh, some NBA awards. Okay. Are you ready? I'm going to get out my uh, tuxedo t-shirt and uh, get my best uh, disappointed but happy for the winner face going. Okay. I wish we should. We need to be on TV now. I know. Mostly for, for the ladies to get a peek at you, Ben. Oh, yeah, because that's, what, that's what's really going to sell. Uh, put butts in the seats, sell tickets. Yeah, we could fill a stadium. Yeah. We just put your face People in the People that just want to stare at me. Yeah, I got to do it. It's great. Uh, MVP, we've talked about it all year. It's Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. I don't really think there's a question. 32 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists. I'm doing some rough rounding there, but that's about what the line was. The only thing I'll say is it's refreshing to – it's not a Derrick Rose story where the guy just happened to – you kind of liked the storyline and yeah. you were sick of voting for LeBron. Yeah. Kevin Durant seriously out – I'll play LeBron this year. Yeah, he so. played everybody. Yeah, yeah. He had, uh, by all accounts, a historically good season. Um, and I believe he's been runner-up three times uh, to LeBron, so it'll be nice for him to finally kind of get over at least that hump. Yeah, no kidding. I, I think Kevin Durant is um, certainly my favorite NBA player at this point to Everybody watch. likes him. He's just a likable guy. He doesn't say a whole lot. He's real quiet. He uh, lets his play do his talking for him. And that boy can play. Yes, he can. Rookie of the Year. R-O-Y. Um, a lot of people, I think, recently are going with Victor Oladipo. Yeah. I'm going to go with Michael Carter-Williams. His numbers are better than Oladipo's. Mm-hmm. I think the fact that the 76ers are such a train wreck and lost 26 games in a row mm-hmm. or some such nonsense is turning people away, and I can understand that. But uh, 17 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists is a pretty damn good line for a rookie. Yeah. Um, he had a higher player efficiency rating than Oladipo. Sorry for nerding out on you there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just think, I mean, Oladipo's on a bad team too. Yeah. So, it, I mean, are we really discriminating between a, like a 17-win team and a 25-win team? <laughs> I'll, I'll just take the guy that played better. Yeah. I, I mean, I really do like Victor Oladipo's attitude and what he brings. He's scrappy. He's, and he, he brings a very interesting um, mental facet to the game. He's a um, rare, talented energy guy. He really is, and he's a, he's a team guy. I think he's one of those guys that people around him tend to play better because of the energy that he brings. Um, but, you know, yeah, I, I just don't see any way that you could look past the numbers in that situation. Defensive MVP. Ooh, a lot of ways you can go. This is always a hard one. Yeah, um, It's always Dennis Rodman for me. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go with the worm yeah. defending us from North Korea or opening us to attack. It's hard to say. Um, a lot of people, I guess, would go with Roy Hibbert. He's mm-hmm. uh, the ultimate, I would say, rim protector in terms of changing and or blocking shots. Yeah. Uh, Serge Ibaka is probably the most athletic, pure, kind of weak side shot blocker. Surge protector. I'm going to go with Joe Kim Noah. Another strange, talented energy guy. I love strange. He is strange. Yeah. Um, but Chicago's first in the league in points allowed, second in field goal defense. Um, again, I'm going to nerd out here. Noah leads the league in defensive win shares, mm-hmm. basically means in terms of how he supports his defense, he's the most valuable guy in the league. Yeah. Um, he's, he's not just a shot blocker. Uh, he's kind of fluid and can defend the pick and roll, which is pretty much the entire 
thing in the NBA is yeah. how well you defend the pick and roll. Sixth in rebounding, 12th in blocks, one of only two centers that's in the top 40 in steals. So he kind of does everything at a high, and, and the biggest thing is he does it at a high level yeah. every single night. Yeah. And that's a commodity in the NBA. Yeah, I agree. Uh, he can keep things in his hair, you know, water bottles, creatures, anything like that. Snacks. Um, no, I, I think that he is, for a guy his size, he's really, he moves really well laterally, which is impressive to me. Um, he kind of gets low and stretches out pretty well. I like the space that he can, he can cover on the court, and I think that he's a scrappy personality. He's a guy that I hated in college just because... I liked him. I thought he was like kind of Tebow-esque, not from like the reli- religious zealotry standpoint, yeah. but just like kind of in-your-face, I'm a, such a leader type thing. I'm European. Mm. But but since he's come to the NBA, like because that's commonplace in college, like the rah-rah stuff, yeah. but he's kept it going in the NBA, so mm-hmm. he kind of turned from one of my least favorite to one of my most favorite players yeah. just because I really respect what he does. And he's not hes not a guy that it was a natural, he wasn't just this naturally gifted guy that didn't have to work hard for it. Right. He works really hard to put the product on the court that he does, and I can appreciate that. Coach of the year. Ooh. I'm going to go with Greg Popovich. Yeah. Um, it seems like guys like him who, who are kind of like established as the best uh, like a guy like Bill Belichick never seems to win like NFL Coach of the Year unless his team yeah. goes sixteen and zero. Yeah, um, but I don't know if that's the right thing. Just because we expect it doesn't mean it's any easier to produce right the results. Yeah. Um, so perception should not equal the award. No. You know, if LeBron James goes for thirty five ten and ten every night, just because we know he can do that doesn't mean it's any less impressive. Right. So I'm going to go with Popovich. Also. It's not like the Spurs are by any means the most talented team. Yeah. I could probably name six more talented teams, just pure physical talent in the West, right. and maybe two in the East. Um, and yet they're going for their 63rd win tonight, which will be by far the best record in the league. Mm-hmm. Pop is working on his 17th straight 50-win season. Yep. Um, he knows how to rest his guys, how to prepare for the playoffs, how to run an offense and maximize role players. He's the best. How to shut down the media. Yeah. Um, that's, that's actually part of his... Mystique. Part of the credentials for the award. Yeah, I, I really like it. I gotta say, I, I can't, I can't think of anybody that I would name as a better coach. There are some other great coaches in the league. I think Tom uh, Tom Thibodeau in uh, Chicago does a great job. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned him. Just the way he gets his guys to play defense, mm-hmm. which is so part of the, the whole, underrated. The whole the thing in the NBA is getting guys to actually try. Yeah, uh, you know, which is why so many people like yourself, Ben Sherman, mm-hmm. are I think right rightly turned off a bit by the league sour but when teams like the spurs and the bulls you know kind of right the ship in terms of playing the right way defending it's it's really refreshing yeah i think so too and he he's a guy that clearly he did a lot without um a full cupboard of of necessities or of uh you know tools and all that kind of stuff so you're talking Thibodeau Thibodeau yeah he's a he's a real uh wizard he hasn't had Derrick Rose <laughs> in two years yeah. Um, you know, you lose Derek Rose a, is never coming back. I think he's in witness protection now. He moved to Antigua, where he now carves uh, little mannequins uh, by the ocean. Got a little stand on the beach, only five ninety nine. Mm. Um, runner up for coach of the year. I just feel like I have to mention him, Jeff Hornacek for the Suns. Really, they were supposed to be a twenty five win team. Mm-hmm. They ended with forty nine wins. Uh, so basically doubled expectations. Yeah. They're not going to make the playoffs, which I'm sad about. The Grizzlies are going to get in instead. Who are a good playoff team, but not that fun to watch, kind of methodical. Yeah. And if you can get to 50 wins or thereabouts with Goran Dragic, Eric Bledsoe, Gerald Green, 
uh, Miles Plumley, the Morris Brothers, and Channing Fry. Mm-hmm. You're doing something. Miles Plumley is is a star in the making. I say. Yes, you, you plumb <laughs> took the words right out of my mouth. I know. Um, most improved player, I'll go with Anthony Davis. Yeah, just because we. I feel like it's kind of cheap, but uh, he's scoring eight more points a game this year, two more rebounds, one more block. Mm-hmm. Um, he went from a good player to a superstar in yeah. one year. I think Lance Stevenson got a lot better. So did Goran Dragic and Gerald Green. Those guys are all worthy candidates, but right. If you become a superstar, I think you deserve the award. And I think the Pelicans have a lot of potential. Yeah, also. they've got a lot of talent. Young they just got to make it match. Yeah, they're, they're young. Um, that's going to be a team that's going to be tough to contend with moving forward in, in the next you know, three, four, five years. And then sixth man of the year, I know a lot of people go with Taj Gibson. He mm-hmm. had an awesome season, but I think the, the award will and always will and does and has belonged to Jamal Crawford for the Clippers. Mm-hmm. Uh, 18 and a half points a game off the bench. He can kind of carry your second unit, and he just has no conscience. He'll just come in and fire away. I dig that. Yeah. Um, so I'll go Jamal. My sixth man of the year is Lamar Odom. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he. I think I've been hearing rumors that he might sign with the Knicks. It, it has to happen today, they say. I doubt it, but whatever. Oh, okay. I think um, if they don't sign him in, like, the next 24 hours, the next 12 hours or something like that, um, they can't do it without a commitment for the following year or something like that, if that makes sense. You know, logistics. Logistics, contract like stuff. Yeah. Let's get out of the NBA arena. Let's just wash our hands and the get swamp. out of there. We've been in the toxic NBA swamp for quite yeah. some time. Let's get more to your purview, Ben mm. Sherman. You'll notice my conspicuous absence during this segment because I don't know much about hockey, but you're in good hands. Ben Sherman knows plenty. My hands are strong, Joe Rogan. He will hold you. So here's the thing. Um, the playoffs are starting, I believe, Thursday? Tomorrow. Tomorrow's Thursday, right? Tomorrow's Wednesday. Tomorrow's Wednesday. What week is this? I don't know. when. I, I, I barely know where, are we? where I am. Um, so the playoffs start tomorrow. Uh, I think it's going to be an interesting uh, matchup, especially in the West more so than anything else. I mean, the East has been kind of boring for me. Um, I think, you know, I would be shocked if the eventual champion didn't come out of the West with all of the teams that made the playoffs. You're looking at Chicago, St. Louis, um, you know, Colorado, Minnesota, Anaheim, um, all talented teams. I guess, you know, typically right now the best team in in hockey is still Boston, I think, uh, record-wise. But I just don't see them being uh, able to contend with the the top teams in the West in a seven-game series. Just from a talent perspective? Yeah, I mean, Chicago always is is a perennial contender. They've got enough flash and enough talent, you know, to make fireworks happen in the postseason. Minnesota's been playing really well, actually, um, surprisingly well behind Ilya Brzgalov. And uh, I think I'm, I think their backup goalie right now is Curry, but it'll be interesting to see if Darcy Kemper can make a, make a push to get back in time for some of those playoff games. What about Pittsburgh in the East? Pittsburgh is uh, kind of a garbage fire, I think, right now, outside of Sidney Crosby. Um, I just don't, I don't know, for whatever reason, I don't think they're playing up to their potential. Um, Sidney Crosby's had a great season, but some of those other pieces just haven't worked as well as they have in years past. So I'm looking at the, the numbers here. Despite the fact Boston has the, the best goal differential in the league, you just don't feel like they can quite punch with the West? Well, it's, I think that's a little bit misleading because they're playing in the East. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I think in the West, especially like you look at the look at the games that teams in the Central um, had to play in the West. Like look, you're playing Chicago on a regular on a regular basis, St. Louis, 
Um, I just don't see the same caliber of opponent, you know, that Boston has to match up with, you know, game in and game out. It's a little bit, uh, there's a little bit more easier pickings over there, in my opinion. So do you want to give us some, some awards? I do want to give out some awards. I think, um, you know, we looked at MVP um, earlier this year. I don't think it's changed at all. Sidney Crosby is out of control. The only 100-point uh, scorer this season, uh, and it's not even close. How many MVPs does he have, do you know? Uh, 17. Yeah. No, I mean Approximately 17. I, don't, I have no idea. Um, but he's just, he is by far the best player in hockey. I mean, no matter what where you put him, what you put around him, he's going to be successful. He's going to put points on the board, um, and that's come through time and time again. What's really promising, I think, for Pittsburgh is that he was able to stay on the ice as much as he did this last season, um, and that's great a great sign for them. If they can get that out of him for a few seasons in a row, I mean, they're going to be really tough uh, to keep out of the postseason, if not the, uh, the finals. If I'm looking at this right, it looks like Sydney's only got one. Is that possibly correct? Only one MVP for Sydney. I'm yeah. a little bit surprised by that. Uh, well, the thing I think the thing with that is is he's had some pretty aggressive, debilitating injuries. Yeah, that's true. His face has been mashed up uh, and reconstructed, so he's kind of like a cyborg now. Um, but you know, he's overcome that. Best defenseman. I got to go with Ryan Suter. Um, consistently plays uh, as many or more minutes than anybody else in hockey, and matches up really well against you know the best players in the NHL. Um, and he's just so smooth. Like everything he does looks so effortless for a guy his size. Um, it's it's just really fun to watch. I think he's he, for the amount of time that he puts in on the ice, he really um, he skates hard all the time. He, and he's one of the best, I think, offensive defensive players in in hockey as well. Can I ask an off the outline, not planned question? Yeah. Best fighter slash tough guy. That's a really hard question. Um, Oh wow! Now I now I am a little flustered. I don't know who to pick. <laughs> Most fun to watch. Most fun to watch. I don't know. Um, I've always been a Zenadine Kanapka kind of a guy. I think everyone in their heart is a Zenadine Kanapka type of guy. Well, he's just like he's got like this mashed up face, and like he, he used to play. He played for Minnesota. He's no longer there, but. He was one of those guys that, would, like, his face would be split open, like, literally split open, and they'd, like, stitch it up, and the next night he's out on the ice, like, picking fights with people again. And he's like, well, if it opens up again, it opens up. That's what they call an upper body injury, yeah. just major facial lacerations. Oh, God, and just the ugliest person that you've ever seen, I think. Okay, I'm sorry. I'll get back on track. Um, and it's Zenon Kanopka, actually. Zenon. Uh, best goalie. Best goalie. That's tough for me. I, I really like Corey Schneider and what he's been doing um, this year. But the Finn in me tends to gravitate a little bit more towards Tuka Rask. Uh, he plays on a he plays on a, obviously a great Boston team, and you almost always see these just ludicrous highlight reel saves from him standing on his head. Plus, he's got probably the coolest name in hockey, Tuka Rask. Tuka Rask. Okay, two more things. I want to get your rookie of the year. ROI. Yeah, give me your rookie of the year, and then I've got one more question after that. I haven't decided on rookie of the year yet, so let's move on to that question. Second, okay. Um, you already previewed the playoffs a little bit, but I just kind of wanted you to give me a, a as a Minnesota native son, yeah, and then, a fan of all things wild, native son. I wanted sort of a post mortem on the wild season, not that it's over, but a post mortem on the regular season, and then I think they're a seven seed. Uh, they look forward to the playoffs. Kind of, do they have a puncher's chance? That type of thing. I think they do. You know what's been most surprising to me about their season has been. Um, the consistent play that they've gotten out 
of like six different goalies. I mean, Josh Harding kind of overcame the uh, the challenges he faced there with MS and medication and all that stuff and was literally the best goalie in hockey while he was on the ice. And then he kind of suffers a setback and goes away. Nicholas Backstrom was kind of doing what he'd always done, and then he gets hurt. And then you see Darcy Kemper come in and play as well as anybody in the league for quite some time um, and put up some really impressive numbers. He kind of wobbled a little bit towards the end there. Um, there was an injury and all that stuff. But I do think that um, I do think that you know they've gotten good play out of other guys too, uh, especially Ilya Brzezgalov as as of late. Uh, one bad game this last time around, but other than that, um, I think they've got a great shot. Colorado is probably the best um, the best draw they could have gotten as far as the playoffs go. I mean, I really Why do you say that. Well, I don't. I don't know. I just don't think they match up as well against teams like St. Louis. Um, or Chicago, or even Anaheim for that matter. They've never really played as well against those teams, um, and I'm not sure why. I'd rather I'd rather have them, teams like that, slug it out amongst themselves, play Colorado, hopefully make it past them in the first round, and then see who you get in the second round, in my opinion. Anything else pressing that you want to tell us about the hockey world? No, not really. I'm looking forward to the playoffs really a lot. Do you watch games drinking beer with your shirt off? All the time. Yeah. Mostly rubbing oil on myself. Um, That's an image. And, you know, kind of back to the rookie of the year thing. I, I don't know. I, I've been going back and forth, um, you know, between a couple different players. Uh, Frederick Anderson in um, Anaheim, he's a goalie. He's had a really good season, obviously. I think his, his uh, goal against average is just over 2.2, which is awesome. Um, and it's good to see young guys like that in, in the net playing well. Um, Nathan McKinnon in Colorado, he's a center, playing also really well. Um, you know, it's tough to say. Well, let's take a break there. I think that was good. Break it. Let's break our bones. You kind of exercised your hockey soul there. Uh, it's like getting a good workout, and I'm, I'm all sweaty. I need to wash my undercarriage. I was drinking coffee and eating oatmeal the entire segment. Yeah. so Steel-cut oatmeal, the good kind. I don't like steel-cut. I was really? just talking to my wife about that. What? Not for the steel-cut. You don't like it? Is it? It comes in the best containers, It's like though. too chewy. I don't know. I can't do it. <laughs> anyway, uh, that was important. I'm glad we covered that part. You're listening to The Day in Sports on WBAD Sports Radio. On the other side of this break, we're going to talk Game of Thrones. We're going to play one of our favorite games, Answer Me These Questions 3. 3! Where we pose each other weird questions that we have to answer. Mm-hmm. Really more entertaining for us than you. Mm-hmm. But we're going to cover that and maybe some top five overrated NFL players on the other side of the break. Sports Talk Radio, WBAD Sports, Washington, D.C. This is WBAD on the Don't you hate when most energy drinks start you off like this? But then, over the course of time, their effects start lessening, and you end up worse than when you started. But that won't happen with a Bully Bling Energy Drink. Bully Bling Energy Drink not only keeps you awake and alert for hours, it also tastes great, too. Bully Bling Energy Drink. All of the and none of the. You can find us at BullyBlingEnergy.com. 
everyone who fights does so for different reasons. Each one of us has a different attitude that drives, that motivation is what makes you down scrap. Represent your warrior spirit and let the world know you're down scrap. Visit us on the web at downscrap.com. That's D-O-W-N, the number two, scrap.com. Or call 951-345-5404 and get down scrap. If you would like to advertise on WBAD, please send an email to sales at WBAD.net or call 703-951-3448. Here's a great discovery for arthritis, muscle joint, and joint pain. It is Sweet Relief. Sweet Relief is a 100% all-natural cream. No chemicals, no drugs, no dyes. It is safe to use. Sweet Relief has three major benefits. It has a tropical scent, it moisturizes the skin without greasiness, and it reduces minor arthritis, muscle, and joint pain fast. Most feel relief in one to two minutes. Sweet Relief is nature's discovery to relieve pain. Go to www.sweetrelief.com to order. on WBAD Sport Radio, as the French say. Radio. It's pronounced radio in France. I think they say that in Italy, too. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I've been there a couple times. No big deal. Hung out at the Duomo. I mostly just hang out in Amsterdam. Look at hookers. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Follow Ben Sherman on Twitter. (laughs) Yeah. At TDIS underscore Humblebrag. He usually tweets out his top five escort services at least once a week. Mm -hmm. They change. They, They change every week depending on who's working. Yeah. Power rankings. It's a fluid situation. <laughs> There's too many fluid situations when it comes to those types of people. <laughs> we have gotten disgusting. Okay, let's get back on the rails, sort of, mm. and do our top five overrated NFL players. Now, public service announcement for the people that hate me on Reddit every time I post an article. <laughs> this does not mean that these players are bad or that I hate them. Yeah. Just that the perception of them is overblown in some ways. Mine are almost always quarterbacks. Except for Eli Manning, I hate him. (laughs) Um, And he's my first. Is he really? Number one. 
Well, I didn't really rank them. I just put five guys on here. So there's not in any particular order. But if there was an order, Eli would be the most overrated. Yeah. And let me tell you why. Okay. His two rings were basically two hot runs. Mm-hmm. I think one year he was 9-7, and seven, the other year he was 10-6. and six. Mm-hmm. Uh, So it wasn't like he was lighting the, the world on fire. Mm-hmm. And really only in his second run was he playing amazing football. In his first run, that defense really carried him. Mm-hmm. Um, he's 45th uh, on the all-time list in career quarterback rating behind the likes of Jake DeLome, Jason Campbell, Ooh. Dave Craig, Neil O'Donnell, Brad Johnson. He's 10 points lower in quarterback rating than guys that get a lot harder time. Matt Ryan, Big Ben, and almost 15 points behind the guy everybody hates, Tony Romo and Phillip Rivers. Eli Manning, you are number one. (laughs) Eli Manning. All I can think of when you say Dave Craig is his small hands. I think he led the world in fumbles. Yeah, it's because his hands are too small. But don't you feel like Eli's kind of they're like, well, he's a winner. Remember yeah. when there was like that MVP or that, that Hall of Fame talk about him? Yeah. I think that's ludicrous. Oh, I think and I think that's dissipated. After this last season that he had, I think everybody is kind of like twenty three interceptions? Got twenty seven. Oof. Franchise record. Well at least you set a record in something. I remember I, do you like how I knew that? Yeah, would you just look that up or is that right uh, off the dome? It just it was right off the dome. It just grows out of me like a flower. Yeah. Um I don't know. I, I think at this point everybody is, has kind of a realistic picture of what the rest of Eli's career is going to look like. I don't think anyone's hopes are too high of him uh, stacking up a third ring. A lot of hangdog looks on the sideline and such. Yeah, I, I think he's pretty content just to go into work every week, get his check, and then go uh, hang out with his family or you know watch Star Wars in his basement, whatever it is he does. It just bothers me when people act like just because he happened to be the quarterback on two Super Bowl teams – I mean, it's not like, what did they score in those Super Bowls? Like 16, 17 points, yeah. maybe 21 the points? The defense was really the star of those, those yeah. teams. So and I think you're right. It does tend to be quarterbacks that get this most often mm-hmm. uh, in terms of the overrated label. Yeah. Uh, Joe Flacco is my number two. I was going to put Joe up there, too. Um, Joe again, cool. I think he's propped up by the Super Bowl run. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's a good but not great player. He's got a nice, he's got a huge arm, good downfield arm, but he's inconsistent. Yeah. Um, he's got an 83.7 career rating, which is just slightly ahead of Eli. Yeah. Um, so it's not like he's one of those guys. I mean, for point of reference, number one all time is Aaron Rodgers, I think at 104 mm-hmm. quarterback rating. So 20 full points higher. Mm-hmm. So if that's excellence, I don't think you can call what Joe Flacco is doing even really very good and the funny thing about joe flacco is with for all the money that he makes he won't fix his gd teeth i don't know what the deal is he likes it it, it gives looks him like personality looks like someone beat him in the face with a wrench and he just refused to get it taken care of what's up with that <laughs> i don't know <laughs> see somebody joe yeah get come on help. come on google it if you've never seen his teeth by the way i think number three is going to surprise you better not andrew luck aha uh-huh. um the, again, doesn't mean I don't like him. Don't mm-hmm. think he's, I think he's going to be great. Yeah. Um, I just think that his reputation preceded him a little bit. Yeah. Too much coming out of college, and that everything he did was either evidence of greatness to come, or if he did something bad, like throw twenty some interceptions. With I think he did in his first year. Yeah. It was either they're asking him to do too much, or he doesn't have enough help, or he's taking risks that nobody else could even possibly see. His beard is uglier than yours. But if a guy like Cam Newton or Colin Kaepernick or Russell Wilson makes those same mistakes, it's like, well, they've got to grow up. You can't be a running quarterback and all this stuff, even though Luck uses his legs almost as much as anybody. Yeah. Um, so I think he's going to be great. I just think at this point he's a little bit overrated. I think he probably doesn't live up to he doesn't completely live up to the hype that has been built up for him i don't know if i'd call him overrated i think he does a great job for somebody that's been in the league for as long as he has but 
I think you're right, at least from the media side of things. I think he's way overhyped. They just uh, they push him pretty hard on you. I think I'm going to get you with this next one. Are you really? Vernon Davis. Really? As a 49er fan, I know it's blasphemous. But Shocking. I think he's a great player, but mm-hmm. um, for whatever reason, he's not as productive as he could be. Mm-hmm. And I think people tend to rate him as like a quote-unquote superstar tight end right. because... He plays on a really good team, and he's got like those tangibles, like the four three forty, and mm-hmm. it seems. And you play with him on Madden, and he's unstoppable. Yeah, and he should be this kind of amazing force. But that said, he's never topped. He never topped a thousand receiving yards in a season. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a little bit like stiff as a receiver, mm-hmm. not fluid. Even though he's six three, he's never been like a great jump ball receiver. He's kind of got a body catch things. Yeah, so. I think he's actually underrated as a blocker. I think he might be one of the best blocking tight ends in football. Yeah. But I just think he's not on the level of, say, like a Jimmy Graham as a receiver. Right. Because he's not as fluid and natural at it. Um, but I think he kind of, kind of tends to get rated a little bit higher than, than what he actually produces. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I could see that. I think Vernon Davis is also maybe a victim a little bit of a system of a non, not the most explosive wide receiving core. Um, there's nobody really, you know, amongst those wide receivers that, at, at least at this point, I don't think um, is that huge home run threat that that you really got to worry about. Yeah, they're all kind of possession guys. Yeah, and because of that, I think Vernon sees um, different defenses than maybe some other tight ends on more successful teams would see. But, you know, to each his own. My last guy. Yeah. This will inflame the Dallas crowd. Is he dead? He's Dez. Oh, wow. Great. That was good. Um, I really like his talent, um, but I think he takes a lot off the table when he gets totally out of control with his emotional yeah. outbursts mm-hmm. and such. Um, and I just think it's one of those guys like it's one of those guys that you're like you know when you're at a party and that guy shows up that you know is like going to cause dramatics just to be the center of attention. Yeah, and it's like oh man, that guy's here. That sucks. Like, yeah. That everyone was just kind of having a good time. I got to imagine that's what it's like in like the locker room for the Dallas Cowboys. Like when oh, he showed up today. Yeah, when he comes out of like receiver meetings, it's like, ugh, ugh. let's stroke his ego again. Mm. You know, and he's obviously physically talented and has as much ability as anybody. But people act like he's the second coming when yeah. I think like Calvin Johnson has as much physical talent. Demarius Thomas, Alshon Jeffrey, Josh Gordon, AJ Green, and none of those guys bring the extra stuff garbage yeah extra stuff on the side so i'll give des bryant my last overrated place all right on the hierarchy first on my list is tj hushmanzada he's really overrated i think he plays for the bengals i don't think he's (laughs) in the league (laughs) no i'm just kidding oh that was a good one nothing like an old hushmanzada joke to loosen the crowd up tj who your mama um actually you know number one on my list this may surprise you a bit actually it's not going to surprise you at all philip rivers i think philip rivers is vastly overrated for 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 as as much as san diego has put in his basket as many eggs as they've loaded into the philip rivers basket i disagree he i'm sure you do but he's just (laughs) him and his him and his him and his flannel shirts haven't uh, haven't really done much for uh, the greatest civilization known to man. San Diego. San Diego. Yeah, not for the bottom line, certainly, in terms no. of wins or playoff wins. He's terrible in the postseason. And every once in a while, he just throws these fits 
that I think are detrimental to his team. He doesn't he doesn't exhibit the qualities that I would like to see in a true leader. He's, um, he's kind of the inverse of Eli Manning. Yeah. He's got the nice numbers, but it doesn't translate. Whereas Eli can just throw up garbage fire performances yeah. and still somehow fall ass backwards into victories. Plus, Philip Rivers is a huge Richard. So I mean, what do you do with that? Yeah. Um, number two, a uh, very similar quarterback in my mind, uh, crybaby extraordinaire. Uh, we got to guess. Cam Newton? Jay Cutler. Oh, okay. I'll take Jay Cutler. Sugar-free tears, I think, is far overrated. <laughs> um, by who, though? I think most people are, are pretty aware that he's inconsistent. I mean, maybe by virtue of how much money he's getting paid, certainly. By every, by every standard, when, when your backup comes in and outplays you time and time again, and they're just... It was almost like the coaching staff was just like, well, we got to put Jay in because we're paying him a boatload of money every year, and he's healthy, and we can't... You know, we can't start the backup over him. But in all honesty, he's so wildly inconsistent um, that I, I just I think he's way overrated, especially for the amount of money that he gets. Yeah, and especially with the like the physical talent that he has, he's a mobile guy. He's mm-hmm. got a ca- a cannon for an arm, like cannon Jay Buna. Arm, yeah. Um, why'd you trade Jay Buna? But I, I don't know. I I agree, I agree, but I I guess in my mind, I'm so dead set against him already yeah. that I kind of feel like. He's properly rated, but yeah, yeah. you're probably right. Media wise, oh, yeah. certainly pay wise, overrated. Yeah. Plus, you know, he's diabetic. What do you do with that? Nothing. And so <laughs> next on my list, also, uh, also, I got to be honest. I I have to throw Joe Flacco in there just because. Just throw him right under well, the bus. That, all that money. What are you doing? That guy. I mean, was he first or second highest paid quarterback in the league? Now I think. Yeah. At, at one, I believe he is second now. But at one time, he was the first. You have got to pay him. I guess. I mean, I don't know. I would have, at that point, if, if I was Baltimore, after the Super Bowl win, I'd jettison that goofy-looking dude and, and pick up somebody else who can do it as well for less money. Maybe do the franchise tag deal where you can get yeah. two first-round picks for him. Yeah. I don't know why people don't do that. I'm wondering, side note, with the Kaepernick issue and the kind of off-the-field stuff, if San Francisco might consider doing that, especially with the QB whisperer, Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, the QB whisperer, the old khaki whisperer. Yeah. Um... But yeah, I, I don't know. I guess um, obviously he gets he just is overpaid, and I, I really don't think he's going to have any sustained success in Baltimore now. Um, next on my list, this one might surprise you. It is Darren McFadden. Okay, um, sell me. I think that Oakland. I don't know why they're so married to him. I guess uh, he's got a lot of potential, but he's made of Glass. paper mache. I, I mean, think that that potential piece is why. I, I think Oakland just can't give up on, like, the only talented guy they've ever drafted. Yeah, but, I, I mean, it's just you you might as well get something for him while you can instead of, you know, time and time again, you know, watching him have a great game and then twist his ankle and he's out for six weeks or something like that. You know, it's just it's the song remains the same with him. My last one's really going to make you upset. Okay. Jason Witten. I thought you were going to say Colin Kaepernick. No. Oh, okay. Jason Witten, I think, is overrated. Because he's slow? I think he's slow. I think Jason. I think almost any tight end could experience a very similar amount of success in that system. I don't think it's anything about Jason Witten in particular that makes him, you know, who he is or gives him the numbers that he's had. I think it's just he's the tight end in that system. Tight end is a feature piece in that system, and he's uh, reaps all the benefits. He's got good hands. Yeah. Other than that, though, big. I like that. It's an off the board pick. I yeah. think. Production-wise, he may be a Hall of Famer, but I agree yeah. with you that he's not the game-breaker. Um, no. And I think he's declined a lot 
physically, and he's only like 30 years old, so it's kind of strange. Yeah, and um, he gets really red in the face, and it bothers me. That is irritating. That's the biggest reason I put him on there. I don't think we have time for Game of Thrones. That's fine. Let's just skip it. Skip it. We were going to spoil some things anyway, so we won't do that. Um, We're going to move to my favorite segment in the history of everything. (laughs) Ben Sherman, you must answer me these questions three. And there might be like six questions, actually. No, there can only only be three. I have sub-questions. I might have some sub-questions. There's too much subtext going on here. First question. Okay. Of three or maybe eight. <laughs> By some miracle, Ben Sherman, yeah. Jadavian Clowney and or Khalil Mack, okay. and your choice of quarterback, which happens to be Johnny Manziel, <laughs> uh, Manziel probably the most feasible to fall, yeah. to the Vikings at number eight. Mm-hmm. Or they move up to the top pick, mm-hmm. which might be more feasible. Clowney, Khalil Mack, Johnny Manziel, who do you want? That's a really tough question. I'm proud of that question. <sighs> My... My gut, like my brain tells me that I should take Cleo Mack because I think he's a centerpiece of a defense that you could build around for the next 10 years. I mean, the just the the physical attributes that he has and brings to that linebacking position. And it's what they need. Yeah, and they really need a linebacker. Mike Zimmer is a defensive coach, you know. A guru. But i got to go with Johnny Football. Oh, my I'm rolling. Lord. I'm rolling the dice, man. The you're in love. It's, it's risk reward. It's all. It's a huge risk, but if it pans out, it could you you look like a genius. Dual threat quarterback. And he saves your franchise. Yeah. I mean, a linebacker. You could get the best linebacker on the planet. It's not going to save your franchise the way a starting quarterback does. Exhibit A: The 49ers got Patrick Willis eight years ago or whatever, and made the All Pro team six years in a row, and they didn't make the playoffs. Precisely. Okay. Next question. Okay. You're getting married soon. To the lovely Alicia Edmonds. Yeah. How is the wedding planning going, and how much input do you have? I have quite a bit. I get some input, and by quite a bit, I mean minimal. Okay. Uh, If you've got a contrary opinion, is it shot down? Yeah. Do you fight it? No. Okay. I just... It's one of those things where, like, obviously, you know, in some of those details and some of the, the things she cares far more about than I do. Yeah. I'm not a real, you know, when it comes to minutia like that, you know that I have... Uh, very little vested interest in those types of things. So I'll give my opinion. If it's not welcome, eh, whatever. You move on? I move on. Okay, this is my last and favorite question. Okay. You're able to, per- to perceive multiple universes going on. You're, Ooh, you're, I like this one. You're an omniscient member of the multiverse. Mm. And that's the only way that this could possibly happen. The Vikings are in the Super Bowl. Uh-huh. The Twins are in the World Series. Uh-huh. Pick your favorite Minnesota Gopher, whether it be hockey or whatever you're most passionate about. Yeah. They're in their national championship. So this is all happening simultaneously. Yes. Which game do you watch? The Super Bowl. Yeah, gotta? Yeah. Gotta? It's more important. Sub question. Twins have won the World Series. Uh, Gopher hockey team has five or six national championships. Um, the Vikings have never won the Super Bowl. Okay, just sub question real quick, and okay. then you've got to ask me questions. Okay. If you had tickets, let's say, to the ALCS, and it's Twins-Yankees, Game 7 at Target Field or the Vikings Super Bowl, which you would watch from home. I have to pick one? Yeah. I'd probably go to the ALCS Game 7. I mean, right. that's just I wanted storied. to construct some way that you would not go to the Super Bowl. Plus, Target Field is like, I mean, it, you can attest, I think, one of the best baseball venues in the country. Uh, it's amazing. It is. It's underrated. It's really underrated. Put that on the underrated it's list. After, I think after the All-Star game this year, it's going to be uh, people are going to realize what a gem it is. Gem in the middle of the, the heart of the city. 
Do you have questions for me, Ben Sherman? No, I didn't come up with any. I'm well, sorry. You, you better fly on All right, here. I got one for you. Uh, do you have one, or do you have questions three? I have three? questions three for you. Okay. Gee darn it. Um, what professional athlete are you most afraid of? Ooh, that's a really good question. <sighs> I would have said Kendrick Perkins because he's always scowling at people, mm-hmm. and he's huge. But he's so bad at basketball that I've lost some respect and then fear yeah. for him. Um, can I go, like, in the Wayback Machine, historic? Yeah. John Randall, Minnesota really? Viking, with the war paint, <clears throat> and he just looked like he was, like, exploding off the snap. I was terrified of John Randall. Yeah. Um, and maybe Mean Joe Green. Mean Joe Green. But I'll stick with John Randall. Interesting. I, mean, I was trying to think about, like, who I would be most afraid of. Um, it might be Todd Bertuzzi uh, in the NHL. He's just, like, uh, a very scary person. Yeah, pretty much any hockey player I'd be afraid of, too. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, here's a next question for you. Okay. Totally out of the realm of sports. Good. Kind of uh, really going to make you think. Good. If you had to wear one shirt for the rest of your life, which would it be? Mm. Well, I'm a t-shirt guy. Yeah. Uh, I like to keep it pretty simple and pretty comfortable. Mm-hmm. So it's probably a boring answer. I've got these like bland, just solid color shirts, but yeah. I really like the material. So I might go with that. Yeah. Or I might go with my Bill Murray, don't hassle me, I'm local t-shirt. Yeah. Because if you were to wear that every day for the rest of your life, it would get all stained up and you'd look just as crazy as I feel like Bill Murray is. Yeah. And what about Bob? Mm-hmm. So I, I'll go with don't hassle me, I'm local t-shirt. Okay, so question number three. You're obviously a very passionate football fan. Yes. Um, if you had to choose to watch one other sport other than football for all of eternity, stuck you know watching only that that league outside of the NFL, uh, Major League Baseball. You can pick college, college sports too. Okay. But like, kind of like what would be like Groundhog's Day, but you're watching you know one professional sport or college sport for the rest of your life. Which one would you pick? It would be probably NBA basketball only because I'm s- the Lakers are my second favorite team behind the 49ers, but I actually might go with college hoops just because you've got March Madness, and that is my maybe favorite event in all yeah. of sports. So I, th- I think i got to go with March Madness. I'll go with college hoops. Sub-question. Okay. Are you – you have a child. Yeah. Are you going to have another child? That's uh, – the, the, <laughs> I really put you on the spot with that. The one. summit meetings have begun. Yeah. Uh, there's negotiations, negotiations on both sides. Process. Yeah, it's it's like the Israelis and Palestinians mm. trying to debate. So nothing like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we're gonna wrap it up there. Wrap it. Thank you for listening to WBAD Sports Radio. This has been the Day in Sports. Remember to check us out online, thedayinsports.com, and on Twitter at tdis underscore humblebrag. I'm Adam Hawking. That was Ben Sherman, Eric LeJune on the ones and twos. Ones and twos. Thanks for checking it out, and we will see you next Tuesday.